This past week, as many of you know, I've been on this, at the C Conference in St. Louis. There are over 17,000 college uh, students there. We brought almost 70 students from our own campus. Um, seeing events like that, I do not worry about the future of the Catholic Church. When you see all of the young people there worshiping Christ, especially in the Eucharist, it fills us with hope for the church, for the future of the church, and for the world. I do find it kind of ironic that I get to be part of something uh, such as a C conference. Uh, growing up, I was kind of a nerd. I spent more time probably with uh, math than I did with other people. And so um, when I was in grade school, uh, we were traveling to Kansas City. I spent the whole trip trying to figure out a formula for adding a series of numbers starting with one. And so that would be like one plus two plus three to whatever number you wanted to go out to. Um, and it turns out that formula is n times n plus one divided by two, just in case you were wondering. Also, when I was in high school, I excelled at geometry proofs. I could almost see all the steps of the proofs all at once. It's kind of an epiphany of some sorts. Now, epiphany is defined as a sudden intuitive perception of or insight into the reality or essential meaning of something. This is kind of what happened when I would have to do a geometry proof back in 10th grade. And this is the word we use for, days, for today's solemnity, the epiphany of the Lord. Three magi from the east followed a star and ended up in Jerusalem. There they met Herod and inquired where the newborn king of the Jews was supposed to be born. They were told in Bethlehem, which is not far from Jerusalem, just about seven and a half miles. Then the star led them to Bethlehem. There it stopped over the house where they met the newborn king of the Jews, Jesus Christ, God himself, the second person of the Trinity. In this event, God was revealed to the world, an epiphany. This was to fulfill many of the prophecies of the Old Testament. We see one of these prophecies in the, old, in the first reading, where Isaiah prophesies that nations will walk by the light of Jerusalem, that the wealth of nations will be brought to the Jerusalem area. See, a brief over view of salvation history would tell us that God started with a couple in Adam and Eve, and then God made a covenant with a family in Noah, then God made a covenant with a tribe in Abraham, then God made a covenant with a nation in Moses and the Jewish people, then God made a covenant with a kingdom in David, and now finally God makes a covenant with all of humanity through Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. Jesus didn't just come to show us how to be a nice person. Jesus came to establish a church, a, a people, that would be made up of people from the whole world. Being God's people, being a part of the family of God, being a part of the body of Christ is now open to everyone. We see this even in the refrain of the responsorial song. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. In our second reading, St. Paul explains how the Gentiles, the non-Jews, are co-heirs, members of the same body of Christ. And Jesus Christ's membership to the body of Christ is open to everyone, to all nations. Yes, the church believes in the freedom of religion, 
not just for Christianity, but for all religions. Even so, we believe and know that Jesus is the Savior of humanity, and that Jesus established the Catholic Church when he told Peter that upon him, he will be, Jesus will build his church. And when he sent the Holy Spirit upon the apostles at Pentecost, we believe that ideally everyone in the whole world would be Catholic and receive the graces of God poured out upon us, especially through the sacraments of the Catholic Church. Yes, there are some sacraments that you only receive once, baptism, confirmation, but there are others that we should receive on a regular basis, the Eucharist, also known as Communion, and reconciliation. The church advises us to receive both at least once a year. I would say a good starting point would be to receive the Eucharist once a week at Sunday Mass, unless you have mortal sin on your soul, in which case you still come, but just don't receive the Eucharist, in which case you just cross your arms and I will give you a blessing when you come up uh, for, in the communion line. You can also go to Mass more than once a week. Uh, Mass is offered here at the Newman Center almost daily, every day except for Saturday. And even if you don't have mortal sin on your soul, I would suggest that uh, you go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation at least once a month. Again, these non-Jews, these Magi from the East visited Jesus and Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem. They brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold for Jesus' kingship. Frankincense was used in temple sacrificial worship rites. So as Jesus would be the sacrifice for humanity, that makes sense as well. And myrrh. Myrrh was used in the embalming of a body for burial. So we can think of Jesus' body being prepared in the tomb after Good Friday. These gifts were perfect for who Jesus is and what he would do. What gifts do you offer to Jesus today? Yes, we should give back to God time, talent, and treasure. But most of all, God wants you. 2,000 years ago, God gave the gift of himself to humanity, to you. Now, exercising your free will, God wants you to freely give the gift of yourself back to him. It is easy and natural for us to live for family, our friends, or even a cause. But do we first and foremost live for Christ in the kingdom of God? Contracts are an exchange of goods. Covenants are an exchange of persons. Marriage is supposed to be a covenant, not a contract. The wedding vows each spouse gives himself or herself to the other. We, the church, are the bride of Christ. Jesus has entered into a covenant with us 2,000 years ago. He gave himself to us. Are we going to respond to this covenant? Are we going to respond and give ourselves completely back to God? This is not easy, and on this side of heaven, always a work in progress. God has gifted himself to us. We pray more and more each day to be able to give ourselves back to God as a gift. For whatever reason, maybe some of you feel like this isn't much of a gift. If this is how you feel, you are wrong. You, are, you have infinite worth because God loves you and created you. God does not make junk. As Catholics, we believe that each human person is essentially good. Yes, because of the fall, we have clouded intellects and we tend to sin. 
But at our core, that original goodness was not lost. We are all still essentially good. This is true no matter what evil acts we have committed. Jesus wants, all Jesus wants is you. He will receive you right where you are, however you are. You do not have to change for Christ. Allow yourselves to be changed by Christ. The process is not change and then gift. No, the process is gift and then change. We do not have to prepare ourselves for God in order to be a gift to God. No, we give him the gift of ourselves and then he changes us into the saints he created us to be. Today, be like the Magi. Today, give God the gift of yourself, the gift of your life.